Welcome to the Locala Podcast. This is episode nine. But people do not talk about the actual journey of entrepreneurship and how difficult it is. They don't talk about the ups and the downs. They don't talk about the mental breakdowns, right? Yeah. They don't talk about the tolls that, that it takes on you. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Being an entrepreneur, a business owner is not an easy thing. Welcome to the Locala Podcast, everybody. I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. I am super excited that we have someone else that has been in the magazine back in our chair today. But first, I just want to go ahead and thank our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Your Place Mortgage and Title, your everything agency. Visit them at www.yourplaceocala.com to learn more. So today we have Julian Sinistera, and I'm super excited to have him back in. And I know I say this quite often, but stories are always so much bigger than the 900 words that we usually give them in the magazine. And I know when we first sat down, we talked for two hours. So I'm so happy that you are here. Just two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I know it did blink it did blink and you know I don't think people um, understand at least for me when I go and re-listen to a recording to write it it takes me twice as long so um, that one took me about four or five hours to get through to get all my notes (laughs) and then I had to make it into a short story in comparative I'm gonna bring in my own uh, my own assistant next time yeah (laughs) just have him take a shorthand over there yeah So how are you? How have you been since you've been in? Oh, I've been great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's, I don't get nervous easily, yeah. but now I got to tell you, I'm a little nervous. Oh. <laughs> if I'm on the podcast and I'm with Lisa and it's Locala, <laughs> then you made it. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. It's, it's, a, it's a privilege. It's an honor. <laughs> well, I'm so uh, glad. It's both ways. It's, uh, it's been good. Um, a lot of movement, a lot of. A lot of work, mm-hmm. like everybody out there. Uh, a lot of shifts, but yeah. we always go back to the same thing. You know, it's still the grind. It's still, what are we doing for, and who are we doing it for, and yeah, and why are we doing it? Yeah, and I always come back to that. So that's always my my grounding piece uh, amongst the chaos. Yes. <laughs> so um, just to refresh everybody's memory, we had you in the May 2022 issue, Correct. which was our um, tribute to the veterans community. Um, we had some pretty amazing veterans in, and um, you are a veteran yourself, I which am, you I struggle am. with letting people know. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. And I think that, and we were just talking about this earlier, sometimes you just got to get over it. Yeah. You got to get over our thing, right? Yep. Everybody's got a thing. Everybody's got and, a thing. And what we find in the veteran community, uh, a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us, we have a thing about showing out yeah and showing off we never want to use our service um for us yeah because we did it for ourselves we did it not for ourselves we did it for the country we did it to give back we did it to participate right yeah um we're the ones that chose to sign on the dotted line and it's something that is it's such a brotherhood and it's such a special time that you never want to come back now and say oh look at me this is what I did, or it's just, ah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nah, you don't want to do that. So a lot of us struggle with that. Um, 
And the, and the other side of that as well is that in, in, in a lot of places, in a lot of communities, the communities may be very patriotic. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day and Veterans Day, and everybody's waving the flag and this and that, right? But and especially with our younger veterans, there's a perception out there that if you served and you served out in the Gulf mm-hmm. or you were out in the sandbox, they call it, in Afghanistan and stuff, and you were in combat and my guys come back and the women come back, that they're messed up. Yeah. Right? So the perception a lot of times that we're hearing out on the street is, oh, you're a vet. Hey, thank you for your service. But, man, maybe there's something wrong with you, so let me not mess with you too much. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the men and women kind of, we see that, so that prevents them from really coming out also and saying, oh, yeah, I served this and that because you don't want to you don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And for the ones that do have the PTSD, the ones that, that did go through a lot of things, you don't want to be reminded. We don't want pity. Right. We don't want somebody looking down or, no, no, we yeah. got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you don't need the reminders. You don't need any of that. And that also plays a part into do I really put up that, that veteran flag or not? Yeah. Now, through experience and time, right? And, and, and being stubborn because I'm a little. Right? You're gonna edit that out, right? You're yeah. Edit, no. Just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we found, I found that uh, yes, that that's the thing. But there's nothing wrong with recognizing what you did uh, and reliving those moments. And you're not reliving battles. You're not reliving the bad stuff. You're reliving the brotherhood, the camaraderie, the the travel the experiences, yeah. right? A lot of times we go back to that. Yeah. And it's, it's a, to me, it's a grounding thing. Yeah. Sometimes I'm having a bad day and it'll remind me of, you know, maybe I was overseas or I was on a ship. Maybe I was with my squadron mates. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'll think of some ridiculousness that you did back then and it brings a smile to your face and you always yeah. go back to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you walk a fine line, but mm-hmm. we have to learn to accept. And it is it's what it is, it's, it's, we have to learn to accept who we are, mm-hmm. right? And we, I, I think we talked about that the last time that was on. It's, uh, you know, you go in when you sign, you go in, and you go in as a civilian. Mm-hmm. And then you become a soldier, an airman, or a sailor. Mm-hmm. A, <laughs> or, you know, even my, my jarhead friends. Yeah. <laughs> my Marines, I'm sorry. Hoorah, hoorah. Hoorah. <laughs> um, and then you're in, right? Yeah. And when you separate, whether you do four years or you do 24 years, when you separate, you come back out. The expectation is that now I'm a civilian again, and that's not the reality. We're not yeah. civilians anymore. There is no such a thing as it's not a switch that you that you turn on and off. Yeah, we did talk a lot about that, and I'm glad you brought it up because I definitely wanted to talk more about that because I didn't get to put a lot of that in the article. And I know that's part of the reason why you help co-found VetNet. So can you tell us a little bit about VetNet and what that transition is like and how you're helping other vet- veterans transition? So, um, and, and just to put it out there, it, it was not a one-person effort. Mm-hmm. You know, VetNet here in Ocala was founded by not just myself. There was a lot of other uh, veteran brothers and sisters that, that took part in it and yeah. helped raise it off the ground. Yeah. So that, that we need to recognize that. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it basically starts with that same idea of when I was in, I was part of something. Mm-hmm. A, I was in a brotherhood and sisterhood. We were part of a group. Um, we were protected. Even though you were out there in the middle of nowhere or whatever, you're yeah. still protected. There was structure. There was discipline. There was um, there was purpose. Okay? 
and what happens when you come out, especially when you're when you've been in for a long time, uh, you come out back into the into the real world. What they say, right? mm-hmm. um, and you don't have that structure anymore. You don't have the discipline anymore, yeah. and it's almost akin to when a young man or, or, or woman they when they leave the nest for the first time and they go away to college, right? Yeah. For the first 12, you know, 18 years of their life, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, structure, discipline, or, you know, you know what you do, you know what to expect, you're going to school every day, blah, whatever. Yeah. And then you go to college. Yeah. And then you're, you're on your own. And then they go buck wild because they don't know how to act because you lose that. It's almost the same thing. So we miss that because we've been trained, we've been ingrained to have that structure and to have that, that path, right? Mm-hmm. And when you come back out again, now everybody's looking at you. Oh, you're a veteran, and you did this, and you did that. You're great at. And internally, we're like, "The hell do I do? Yeah. Now what? Now what? Nobody yeah. tells. Nobody's telling me what to do. Even though we bitched and moan about it when we were in. <laughs> why are you telling me? I can't wait for this fucking chief to get off my ass and stop yeah. telling me what to do. But man, I missed that chief when I got out telling me what to do. Yeah, that whole structure you know? was gone. The whole structure was gone. So, you know, myself, Chad. Phil, Phil Smith, Chariot of Prince, all these guys. Were it was here. Chad Walker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we were like, man, we kind of missed that. A lot of us are in the business world, mm-hmm. right? Entrepreneurs, business owners, et cetera. Yep. And there's a big, there's a lot of parallels between military life and owning a business and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So we're like, man, we missed that structure. We missed that discipline. We missed that camaraderie. We need to be held accountable to each other. Mm-hmm. That's how you success in, in business, right? Right. Um. So we're like, let's just start getting together and we can just back each other up. So it started almost like a networking group um, just to be around like-minded individuals. Yeah. Uh, regardless of what branch you served, uh, I can sit down with another veteran and have the type of conversations that I couldn't have with somebody that didn't serve, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to see it. Yeah. Um, we speak the same language. We don't take crap. <laughs> we tell you how it is, yeah. right? And we call it out, and there's that accountability piece. Mm-hmm. And so we started coming back together. We started meeting regularly, um, and and trying to find our structure. And that's how the the, the group kind of got started. Okay. Uh, as with any business, the street always tells you which direction to take, mm-hmm. right? We made the mistake. We didn't listen to the street at first. Uh oh. <laughs> And, and that's we all fine. know that wrong turn happens. <laughs> well, it does. What hap- you know, what it is is, and again, there's parallels in business. Yep. Uh, and but we, the, the evolution of VetNet became now that, yes, we back each other up. Yes, we support each other. Yes, it is business centric. But now, I have a brother or sister that says, "Man, uh, I'm really struggling mentally, uh, emotionally, psychologically." Mm-hmm. Uh, now we can bring them in and say, "Let's have those conversations." Not just about business, but about life. Yeah. Let's have a conversation with the VA. Let's have a conversation with a psychologist or a therapist. Um, let me get you signed up. Something as easy as going online and signing up with the VA system so you can get primary care. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to put it out there, and people may not like it, but yes, the VA sucks. But it is what we have. Yeah. And it's there for something. And it may be bloated. It may be inefficient or something, but it's something. Yeah. Uh, something is better than nothing. Always. So a lot of the guys and girls that come out, they refuse to sign up for it because 
disenfranchised, you know, burnt out or whatever, or they've had bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, we force them to sign back up again because there's still some good, there's good people in there. There's still some assistance. There's a lot of red tape and bureaucratic things that you have to navigate, but still now we can all come in as a group and help you navigate some of that stuff so that you can get some sort of assistance, some sort of service connection, or just some knowledge. So you just go talk to somebody. Yeah. So that's been the evolution of VetNet. Um, one of the biggest lessons that we learned, and, and this was very, very apparent when we started the HBC, the Hispanic Business Council, right? We're like, okay, as a group, as an organization, as a business, right? Right. Who's my target market? Who's my audience? Yeah. And we were like, man, you know, Marion County's full of veterans. Man, we got a wide audience. Yeah. Let's put it out there and we'll do some networking events, this, that. Man, we didn't drop nothing. <laughs> they don't come out. Why? Because we go back to that same topic. People don't want to say that they're a veteran. Though. They, we always keep it kind of on the, on the thing. Right. And we were coming out like that uh, and we were turning them off. Mm-hmm. So we decided to kind of cut that out and just bring it back in more private. Okay. We do events now. We do meetups, but people don't hear about them. Now yeah. it's word of mouth. Now it's, you know, and I don't want to call it exclusive, but it is exclusive. Well, yeah, I would think. Um, For the because, veterans, yeah. Well, it is. It's, and it, it's not exclusive to be exclusive. It's more of I want to protect that room. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have that comfort and yeah. that privacy in that room so that anybody that comes in there feels at ease yeah. and they can open up. Yeah. And actually tell us what's going on. Yeah. And tell us how to help or tell us what they need. So we that was the pivot. Stop branding, stop advertising, Bob. Now they I get calls every day. Oh, you doing veteran stuff. Yeah, man, come and see me in the office. Yeah. Or let's just have a private conversation. And then we kind of go from there and we start connecting them. Hold them okay. by the hand and say, Okay, go talk to this guy, go talk to that guy. So we've been able to build up a network uh, within the county. It, of, of services of professionals, people, uh, but now it's more of a more, uh, under the table kind of. Let me hold your hand. Let me take you here, introduce you. Let me take you there, introduce you. Oh, you have a business. Okay, let me help you with that business creation, and then let me plug you in. But nothing really outward. Mm-hmm. Nothing like what you would see with the HBC, where we do a big networking event and right. we have the parties and we have this that, you know. Uh, so that was the big pivot with VetNet. Uh, I think eventually the, the the next evolution of it is that we'll start integrating. Mm-hmm. Now that we're getting the audience, now that we're getting the trust, because without trust, there's nothing. And it's taken a long time to start building up trust within the veteran community, mm-hmm. especially with my younger vets. Uh, unfortunately, there's organizations out there right now here in the county and nationwide that cater to veterans, American Legion, the BFWs, the AMVETs, right? Right. Uh, besides all the nonprofits. The issue that we've had here or that we see is that they don't cater to my younger veterans, right? Yeah, they're dealing with uh, look, more the like vet, the exactly. Vietnam vets versus Correct. the ones it, that are coming back. Do they need the services sandbox. and stuff? Absolutely. Yes. They got a raw deal. Yeah. They got a yeah. raw deal and it's not good. Yeah. I don't blame them for being better. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, I have a big market of veterans that are more active, younger, they're coming back out right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I don't want to go sit over there and drink with the with the old timers and this and that. I want to be more active. I have a family now, yeah. or I'm more business centric. So now the challenge is finding a way to cater to them, right, yeah. and give them what they're looking for within veteran services, right, to help encompass it all. Correct. So, okay, well, we're gonna take a moment just to go ahead and thank our sponsor one more time. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Your Place Mortgage and Title, your everything agency. Purchasing a home should be as easy as one, two, three. At Your Place Mortgage and Title, we offer professional realty services through Professional Realty of Ocala, mortgage and commercial loan services, and title services. We pride ourselves on customer service and education. Contact us today to learn how we can make your home buying and selling process a pleasant one. Visit www.yourplaceocala.com to learn more. All right, so welcome back to the second half. And this half, I want to talk really briefly about the Hispanic Business Council because I think it's important. But, you know, this is about your story too. So we're going to dive back into your childhood because that was kind of a fun part of the story that I didn't get to add all of bits and pieces on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to make you go through that all again in the memory. But um, tell me a little bit about the Hispanic Business Council because we've mentioned it a couple of times, but you co-founded it with another person that we've had in on the podcast before as Myrna Caravaggio. And um, so tell me a little bit about that. So um, HBC, we call mm-hmm. it the HBC, Hispanic Business Council. And I'll tell you why we call it the HBC here in a minute. Um, same premise as VetMet, mm-hmm. like-minded individuals. Uh, we're looking around. We want to get together. We want to support each other, right? Yep. Obviously, Smyrna and myself, we're both Hispanic. Uh, I'm first generation. I was not born in this country. I emigrated here. Okay. So the whole immigrant... Uh, story. I lived it, mm-hmm. uh, so I can relate. Yeah. Um, so we're looking around and we're seeing that the and at that uh, this is at that time right in the middle of COVID. Right. Because of course, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> I don't know what to do, man. I got sick. I'm just going to create a group, right? Yeah. <laughs> so right in the middle of COVID, we're looking and saying, okay, what can we do to kind of encompass the the, the growing Hispanic community that we see coming into Marion County? Yeah. Okay, that's a great place to live. I, I was from Miami. And I relocated here because it, the cost of living is lower, the pace of life is slower, and, and, and you know, it's a better environment for my kids. Right. And a lot of other Hispanics are doing the same move, coming up from Orlando, from New York, from Miami, et cetera. So we recognize that. And there's a lot of them, you know, the rate, on, the rate of entrepreneurship within the Hispanic community is pretty high. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at all of this. We're all business owners. And we're like, man, let's do a little group, a little networking. We can talk our language and stuff like that and kind of have a party and let's see what happens. That was it. That was the big plan. People think we did a business plan, this and that. Nah, man. No, that came just, later, didn't it? We said, yeah, buddy. Lessons learned, right? Mm-hmm. So, no, we just said, let's get some like-minded individuals together. Let's have a party. Let's have a good time. And let's let's just network and, and, and see what everybody's doing. Mm-hmm. So that was the birth of it. And again, the street tells you where to go. Yeah. So where we kind of pivoted the HBC, number one, the reason why we call it the HPC now, instead of going with the Hispanic Business Council, even though it's a beautiful name, it's a little bit long, um, is because the perception out on the street is that you have to be Hispanic to be part of the Hispanic Business Council. Mm-hmm. It's common sense. It, it's it, common it, it sense. Would think, but no, that's not the message that we want to do. Yeah, you want to include the allies as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. The HPC is an entrepreneurship and small business network. That is exactly what we are. Yeah, We are a bunch of entrepreneurs and small business owners that come together and we help each other out. Yeah, And we find resources, uh, we train, we educate, we connect, right? Yeah, It's all business-centric, but we also recognize that as business owners here locally, if you have a business here locally, you have a responsibility to give back to the community that you're taking business from. I, I've always believed that, and I will... Continue to repeat it, even though people don't like it. Mm-hmm. If you have a business, you have a responsibility to give back to the community 
Absolutely. Where you're taking the business. Absolutely. That's it. There's the, this is what it is. Yep. Right? So even though we are business-centric, we do want to give back to the community, and we try to give back to the community. We also believe that getting the business community involved first mm-hmm. will pay dividends in the regular community. Absolutely. So that's been our pivot where we're like, okay, business-centric, right? Mm-hmm. Small business owners, entrepreneurs, not just Hispanics. We'll teach you Spanish. Yeah. No, 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 teach you <laughs> things, man. We got translators. Uh, but the, the the big change is now we really want to hone it in and niche it down. There's a lot of great organizations here in Marion County that cater to small business owners, mm-hmm. owners in general, et cetera. You know, CDP yeah. being one of them, the city, county. There's a lot. Yeah. So where do we find our room? Where do we find our space? Mm-hmm. We're not here to compete because it's not no. about that. No, it's A lot of other organizations like to compete, up. but we don't. Yeah. We want to work with everybody, but we also want to be efficient and effective. Yes. Right? You can't do everything for everybody. No. Not everybody's a good client. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I work with animals. Oh, man. You got to edit that out, too. You got to edit that out, too. Nope. <laughs> so where we're <laughs> HPC 2.0 mm-hmm. is now business-centric, workshops, training, education, yeah. resources, networking. Yeah. That is it. That is it. And we'll take them Perfect. all. We will take you all. It doesn't matter what you speak, what you look like. I don't care. If you're in Marion <laughs> County and you got a business, you come see us and we Perfect. got you. Perfect. That's it. Well, let's dive into that immigration story because I know I only, I, if I remember correctly, I only put a small line in, but your father's immigration story was Man, pretty amazing. You, we think that we're brave. Yeah. We think that we're brave. But we sometimes, as Hispanics, I'll say it, we do it to ourselves. We forget <laughs> our own history, damn. Anyway, I mean, I'll preach. Then I got to stand up, man. I get the Uh-oh. microphone. No, no. But we forget what our forefathers went through yeah. in the pursuit of an American dream. And the perspective when you're not here in the U.S., I'm Colombian, Colombia. When you're in, in, in Colombia or when you're in Nicaragua or when you're in Cuba or when you're in all these other places, the, the perception of what the U.S. life is is completely different than what the reality is here. Mm-hmm. And it was more so back then. And we're talking, you know, 60s, 70s and into the 80s. Right. Obviously, now everybody's going to get a clear picture of what's going on in the U.S. because of social media, video and everything. But back then, there was none of that. So. No. You know, back home, back in Colombia, you will rely on the stories that were being told by the people that came over. Yeah. Right? And in all culture, you don't say that you're struggling. No, you make you look you don't make the family look bad like that. No, no, yeah, yeah we're killing it. Streets are paved with gold, there's money in the trees. You gotta emigrate. Right? Yeah. And that was the dream that a lot of people were chasing. My father was an engineer, my mother was a school teacher. Professionals in their country, mm-hmm. making a decent living. Well, obviously they had the, the 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 thought, the desire to create a better life for myself and my sister. Right. So, prime earning years, right? Yeah. Back in seventy eight and seventy nine, they left everything behind and they came over to the U.S. My father uh, was was smuggled in on a little Cessna plane going through the Bahamas, uh, landing down in Homestead. He told me the story. They, they landed in at night, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Everybody got off the plane, hauled ass out. They had to go run in some bushes. There's some dude waiting on them. 
took him wow. out, right, straight into Miami. My mother came in through Mexico, smuggled through the border, wow. up to New York, and then back down to South Florida. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the whole time, obviously, there's limited communication. Myself and my sister, we stayed behind with, my, with our family, my grandmother. Um, there was no communication. There was no phone calls. There was no video. There was no chat. There was no, no. no, there's no. none of that. There was letters. Yeah, okay. There was letters. Yeah. So, you know, thinking back now, I have two kids. Yeah. I have a 12 year old and a 10 year old. And I'm thinking, man, I see these dudes all day, every day. Right? Yeah. I remember that the communication that we had with our parents when they were here in the U.S. working, right, mm-hmm. was through a letter that you would get once a month, maybe. And my mother would record her voice on tapes uh, and send them back with, with clothes and stuff like that for us. Yeah. And that was our interaction, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a big perception change there. Yeah. How long right? How long did that go on before they were able to bring you over? Five years. Five years. They left wow. when I was five, and they brought me over when I was 10. So, again, they were professionals over there. When they come over here, surprise, surprise, now you got to go to work. Undocumented. Mm-hmm. So that was factory work yep. in Miami, right? Yeah. Cash money, no benefits. Yeah. No insurance, no nothing. Given an efficiency pass. So... Again, culture shock. And even though Miami back then was still full of Hispanics, still. And I'll say it, we do it to ourselves. Because the Hispanics that were here when they were bilingual would absolutely abuse and take advantage of the immigrants coming in and put them to work for less than minimum wage. Yeah. Because it's about money, right? Yeah. So they went through that whole thing, you know. And, And, you know, you look back and you think, like, man, as a man, how strong do you have to be to put your ego and your pride aside? To go from an engineer, somebody that's respected in your country, mm-hmm. to come over here. And what my father was doing was he was working in a body shop, vehicles. And this is back when, you know, cars were made of metal. Right. And so, yeah, he was banging out cars with a metal hammer, sanding. He would come home covered in dust, Ugh. paint, you know. Yeah. And everything that they did was for us. So that's, that's why I say, man, we forget how strong they are. And yeah. a lot of the other immigrants are now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it gets lost in the whole, uh, in the whole social media and even general media stories that they put on the extremes of, mm-hmm. you know, whether you sit on this side of the fence or that side of the fence. The whole immigration issues is always put in extremes, and we forget, I think, the the, the individual stories. And at the end of the day, man, you just have human beings that want to have a better life for their kids, and that's what they're chasing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we can sit there and debate, oh, there's better ways to immigrate the right way, but whatever. That's fine. I understand. Right? And I agree with some of it. But at the end of the day, I think we forget that these are human beings, and the only thing that they're doing is trying to find a better way for their families. They're not here yeah. to take jobs. They're not. No, they're trying to find a better way. Yeah. Are there bad apples in the bunch? All day. That's all races and sizes and everything. Everything. Right? Everything. So, you know, we spent five years apart. They became... Uh, residents, so they did mm-hmm. do it the right way once they got in. Yeah, paid the attorneys, bought this and that, and and they became residents. It was a lot easier okay. back then. Um, and they brought me over at ten years of age. They brought my sister over, and my sister was sixteen at the time. Okay, big change. Big change. Uh, culture chalk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> tell tell everybody how you learned English. And so <laughs> so I come in and please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not. You know, hey, look, listen. <laughs> I come over, right? And I, and we came over. I came over, I think it was like in April, yeah. around that time frame, like in the springtime, going into summer school. Um, So my parents had a little apartment 
we actually moved into an efficiency. So my parents, my sister and I had, we lived in an efficiency. And if anybody's not familiar with what an efficiency is, it's just a big room. I was going to say. kitchen. Yeah, it's just a, a room with, yep. So we had a pull-out sofa. That, so, you know, mm-hmm. it was there. Uh, the culture shock for me, obviously, is that I come in now and my parents right away. You come in April, May, hey, you're going to summer school because you got to integrate. You go to school, elementary yeah. school, right? I was going into uh, fifth grade, I believe it was. Um, so they signed me up for summer school, man. And we lived in the northwest side of Miami. If you're familiar, if you know, you know. Northwest, no, Northwest 33rd Ave and 30th Street. <laughs> if you know, you know. So <laughs> all I got to say. So I go into the school and I go into summer school and I'm looking around. Number one, I'm the lightest kid in my class. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't know a lick of English. They put me in that ESO program. And yeah, within two months, I was conversing in English. Between that... Looney Tunes. I was going to say, you watched cartoons, didn't you? (laughs) And Sesame Street. Those were my teachers. Yeah. And you you struggled a little bit with some bullying. And you said um, that your house actually backed up. So your 16-year-old sister would come and help you once in a while, yeah? See, my sister had a rougher. Because she was 16. So she came into night school. Yeah. uh, Miami High. Okay. And if you know, you know. Miami High is not an easy place. Still isn't. Yeah. So she came in to, to night school to finish out her high school. Okay. And in the daytime, she was working. She got a job at Burger King. Uh, wow. American dream, baby. <laughs> there it is. There it is. BK. <laughs> so our, our yard from our efficiency had a chain link fence, and the other side of the fence was the schoolyard. That was okay. the PE field, and that was the elementary school. Yeah. So every day I would go, you know, go to school and stuff. So when we come out of the PE, you could literally see the back door of my house or our, or our place. And a lot of times my sister was there because her shift was nothing. So she would look out. And, you know, as I'm integrating myself in there, yeah, you know, the school was rough. Mm-hmm. And you're out there in the P field, man, and so many people stepping up. And they're, you know, I was all of 75 pounds, man, because I was skinny. Man, I, you know, you, hopefully this shot is from the tiny, neck up, yeah. right? Neck up? We right, neck right, right. Up? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Suck it in. Suck it in, sailor. No. Uh, I, was, I was, you know, bone thin, yeah. dry. I was very shy, mm-hmm. very introverted. Especially, you know, coming over. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you couldn't communicate very well. At all. Yeah. And and so, yeah, we were getting picked on. A lot of the Hispanics would get picked on there, man, you know, getting our butts kicked, stuff like that. Uh, and, man, there was a lot of times, me and my sister would peek out. And I remember. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And she would peek out, man. She would haul ass, jump that fence, man, and go over <laughs> there and say, hey, stop. You know? Yeah. It was like, wow. So it was that sense. That's when you really start getting a sense of... Uh, not just family, but it was for me. It was a sense of man, we are different. Mm-hmm. We're separate. Yeah. Now I got to find my way around that. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Even though, again, in that school, majority was African Americans, black, very minority was Hispanics. A lot of Hispanics around, but still within the Hispanic community. If you were an immigrant, you did not know English. The ones that were bilingual. Right, we'll still mm-hmm. pick on you. We'll still get on you. Yeah, and you know, growing up in Miami, that was a big lesson. Yeah, that was a big lesson of of diversity versus inclusion. Yeah, two different terms. Yeah, people combine them, but they're two different terms. Yeah. Uh, so you know, growing up, I I, I learned, I learned, I learned English, uh, and I made it a point to learn it well. The one message that my father 
my mother too, but especially my father had for me was, yes, we don't forget where we're from. We don't forget our culture, but we're here now. Mm-hmm. So now you have to assimilate, you have to learn. Yep. And he made me speak English at home, even though he didn't speak it. He didn't care. He's like, no, mm-mm. we're speaking it. You're speaking it, yeah. So, you know, I, I've been known to have a chip on my shoulder sometimes and stuff. <laughs> so I had that. That's when I first started getting it. And I was like, you know what? I am going to make sure that I am able to communicate mm-hmm. better than the natives. Well, our half hour is already up, and I can't hardly believe it. Um, but I do want to ask you one more question, and that is, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Yes. You know, <laughs> I have no shortage of words. So, um, and, it's, and it's, this relates to what VetNet got started and is doing and what HBC is doing now, and that's supporting the entrepreneur journey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, small business ownership. Uh, we always forget that it is a journey. Uh, the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, right? That's yeah. the, the, the book that I had in my mind. And the narrative that we always have for entrepreneurs and business owners is of success. And social media always tells us, man, look at this. Look at the success, right? And it's yeah. a quick success. And look at me with a picture of an airplane and the boats and the cars and the mansions and this and that, mm-hmm. right? And then the other narrative is, hey, you got to work 24-7, 25 hours a day, hustle, 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 fake it till you make it, and you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah. But people do not talk about the actual journey of entrepreneurship and how difficult it is. They don't talk about the ups and the downs. They don't talk about the mental breakdowns, right? Yeah. They don't talk about the tolls that that it takes on you. Physically, mentally, emotionally, being an entrepreneur, a business owner is not an easy thing. Yeah. I told you before, I would never, knock on wood, ever work for somebody else in my life unless my kids need it. Mm-hmm. But nobody is having the conversations about, man, I was up at 3 o'clock this morning, stressed the heck out because I got bills coming and this and the business and the cash flow is up and down. And people think that they're, they're the only ones that are going through that, right? Yeah. Because we don't talk about it amongst themselves. So what I'm asking for is all the business owners out there, especially the guys, all you guys that have been around for a while, that you've gone through it and you know what's up. Never talked about it, but you know what's up. You look around and you see these people starting businesses. Pick them up. Support them. Have those conversations. Lift them up emotionally. Mm -hmm. Right? Lift them up mentally. Give them the, hey, you're not alone. Forget about that competition bullshit. There is no competition. There's more than enough there for everybody. You should be working with other people in your same space. Sorry to tell you. Yeah. That's how it should be. This is a community, a business community, but we're all human beings. We're not robots. No. Right? Correct. And even in our culture, as a man, we're taught not to show emotion, not to show weakness, because emotion is weakness. You don't talk mm-hmm. about that. Oh, no. Is that a tear in your corner? Your eye? No, no. It's allergies. <laughs> <laughs> no, bullshit. You know yeah. what? It is an emotional journey. And it's okay to break down sometimes. It's okay to show emotion. Yeah. What are we showing our kids if they can't express themselves, right? Exactly. And it's the same thing with the entrepreneurs, man. This is not an easy road. It's a lot of ups and downs. It'll, get, it'll hit you. But that's normal. That's normal. And the journey gets easier if you have people around you that understand that. See, these are the conversations that we have with VetNet Group and at HBC and say, man, you know what? 
my freaking clients suck. I work with animals. <laughs> yes, you do. I do too, bro. Yeah. You know, and it's okay. Vent. Get yeah. it out. Yeah. Dude, I made $10,000 last month. This month, man, I'm at 100 bucks. I'm broke as hell. I, I can't eat. Yeah. Dude, I've been there, done that. Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about that. Right? Yeah. Especially here in Marion County, man. I'm going to call them out. There's a lot of successful business owners here that don't want to have those conversations. But they will look down on the small business owners that are struggling now. Yeah. Right? No, cut that shit out. Stop. Lend a hand. Have the conversations. It's okay. It's a roller coaster. It's up and down. It's difficult. It is emotional. It is draining mental health. Yeah. It's not just for veterans. Yeah. There is a form of PTSD that comes from business ownership. People don't know about that. Yeah. So we have to take care of each other. We do. And at the risk of running a little bit longer, I just, you know, I can remember <clears throat> having you in at the end of the conversation that we had had about um, the interview in your, in your life and everything. And then you asked me with pure, genuine concern and care, how are you doing and I think I started crying because I could tell, button, yeah, because I could tell you actually wanted to know. And I was struggling as a business owner right. at that time. It was a real downhill right. roller coaster at that time. And, and you asking and then talking to me about it helped me climb back out of that hole because you have to have that extra support to be able to do that as a business owner. Well, you, you know, as human beings, you just want to be understood. Yeah. You want to be accepted, right? Yeah. So we, we always get into the mode of fixing. Sometimes we don't need to fix. We just need to ask yep. with genuine concern and just listen. And just listen. That's it. That's it. That's it. Well, Julian, thank you so much oh, for joining you. us. It was such a wonderful time. I really do appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for joining us here on the podcast today. One more time, I'm Lisa Anderson, your host and publisher of Locala Magazine. We'd like to thank Your Place Insurance, Title, and Mortgage one more time for sponsoring this podcast. You can find them at www.yourplaceocala.com. And you can also find Julian's story from our May 2022 issue on our website at www.localamag.com.